Welcome to Ghostly. Does spirit photography capture images of the departed? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. What's been going on, Rebecca? Oh, well, you know, it's the summer. Yeah. uh, Which is exciting. Um, uh, I have a a ghostly announcement that I want to share. Is this the place for that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I we were going to be doing a book club this coming week. Yes. And there was a really great book on spirit photography that we were going to read. That I didn't read. Uh, right. I didn't either. Because uh, I didn't know what book it was. Yeah. So. I didn't let anybody know. <laughs> uh, no. I. You know what? I've been thinking about the book club and wanting to maybe change it up a little bit. Like it's- Revamping. Revamping. Tweaking. Tweaking. Changing. Um, I want to make it a little more scary. Ooh. I feel like, uh, so, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking ideas, uh, for books, for, um, for the club itself. I want more participation. I want yes. everybody to be able to be involved. Um, so I've got some ideas, but if you have any, please feel free to share them. Rebecca at ghostlypodcast.com. Well, we um, actually have a form on our website for that. We do. We do. If you have a book club suggestion, if you yeah. go on our website, ghostlypodcast.com and go to book club, there is a form right on that Absolutely. page. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so I'm thinking maybe we'll be back uh, in September. So if you're not signed September-ish. up yet, September-ish, um, you know, uh, kind of get through our, our summer fun and then we'll. We'll scare it up for the fall. Well, that's awesome. I have a ghostly thing to talk about. Ooh, what's yours? So I've been busy these last few weeks trying to secure some personal appearances by ghostly. Oh, I thought you were going to say it by you. And I was like, ooh, guys, we're going to see that. <laughs> no, no, by ghostly. Oh, okay. And right. uh, Yeah. And uh, we will be announcing those shortly. Um, it's some of them are already done deals, but others aren't. So I don't want to say too much too soon. So, um, yeah. So ghostly, you could go see ghostly in person. Yeah. We're so excited to get back out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. Uh, Anything else going on? Well, I do have a personal thing too. I have, uh, officially perfected the art of grilling steaks. Whoa. Yes, I have a new method that I've been using and fine-tuning over the over the last like month and a half. Okay. And I feel pretty confident about it. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Very I, exciting. I, I'm not going to tell everyone about it because this isn't cookly. <laughs> but um yeah. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, very nice. Uh, I just have one personal thing, which is uh, I've got an aunt who's been going through some medical things for the past few years, and any kind thoughts you have to share for her right now would be very much appreciated. Yeah, thoughts and and or prayers, right? Whatever people want to share, we what, would appreciate. Whatever suits your fancy. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, all right, well, let's get into the show here. Um, so we do have some shout outs. Uh, so there are two ways that you can get a shout out on Ghostly. And uh, one of them is completely free. Yeah. You don't have to pay any money and you could 
you know, we would announce your business if you put a business thing in there. <laughs> so, I mean, just, you know, giving you some ideas here. Uh, so the first way, the free way, is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. So we always prefer the five-star reviews, but as you will find out today, we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to either buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast, or you can go to our website, ghostlypodcast.com, and hit the buy us a coffee button in the menu. And there's even a way that you could become a member of Ghostly. And like I like to think of them as kind of like our producers. Oh, yes. Absolutely. They help us with um with the content that we have. You know, they suggest things and their suggestions go right to the top. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, but we don't have any buy me a coffee uh, things to share at this time. Um, so we have two reviews. I will read the first one, and it's a five-star review, and it's from Becca. Okay. Not me, though. No. But would you mind if our listeners start calling you Becca? Um, okay. So Becca <laughs> is the name I let uh, children call me. I'm Aunt Becca. So if or... they are listeners and children, right, they then can call you Becca's that. fine. Okay. Otherwise, Rebecca's Now, what about if they grow up then? Like once they hit the age of 18, you're like, nope. Can't call me that anymore. No, they could still call me Becca. So once they've called you it, they can always call you Becca. Right. Okay. All right, Becca. Um, (laughs) So this is from Becca, as I said, and the title of the review is Ghostly is Amazing. I listen to Ghostly every day at work, and I mean every day. It keeps me going and helps take the stress off, which is funny seeing how it's about ghosts and my work is extremely haunted. It's entertaining and exciting and gives me something to look forward to when I'm at work. I absolutely love the host, even though sometimes I yell at Pat while listening. You know, I do too. I yell at myself sometimes. Um... While listening, it never leaves me hanging and makes me want to do research of my own. So glad I found this podcast. It gives me something. It gives me some excitement to my boring days. Ah, thank you so much, Becca. Yeah, That's thank really you, Becca. Nice of you. All right, so I have a <laughs> review um, from. Uh, we'll just say Joey. Yeah, you know. Um, There's some numbers after it. There's some numbers after it. We don't really need to worry about those. Uh, This is a one-star review. So gotta love those. Um, And this, the title of it, though, is absolutely my favorite. Um, I don't understand how this podcast ever got made, which implies that there is some grand podcast producer company out there. I like to say a grand podcast pooba. <laughs> that that decides that decrees which podcasts can be made. Well, and- we went to the network and we were like, "Hey, <laughs> can we do this podcast?" And they were like, "I don't know." And then they eventually said yes. <laughs> I don't know who the network would be in this situation. Maybe uh I don't know, my nephews. I don't even know like <laughs> who it would be. Like anyways, yeah. So no, we we no one no one greenlighted this. <laughs> we just decided mm-hmm. to do it. And it's backed by our own our own money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh anyways, uh so he says, uh I'll save you the time. The lady believes everything and the guy believes nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Did he hoop- say it like that? That's how I imagine oh, okay. he says it. Uh the hoops he jumps through to to justify his point of view. The ghost stories are easier to believe than his conclusions. Ouch. 
Oh, oh, that's a. The believers are the ones that get they get a little harsh sometimes. Yeah, too, yeah. Pat. Do. We don't ever they get do. the skeptics mad at me for some reason. Uh, yeah. I think they're just happy enough that they have you speaking for them. That they they know they. That's about all they can expect. Yeah. So. Um. Well, I mean, here's the here's the thing. Uh, to you know, to let you guys know, we consider ourselves kind of like the paranormal lawyers. Yes. We you're present the, the sides. You're the prosecutor, mm-hmm. and I'm the defense. Mm, or yeah, I guess. Or so I don't know. One of those yeah. two. And so you know, we present you the case, and guess what? We don't decide if it's paranormal or not. You do. You're the jury. Well, I think that's what he didn't like. I think you know there are some listeners that yeah. really like those podcasts where you just tune in. They talk about the paranormal. Oh. It's just all real. There's no debate. Well, they just are sharing the story. That's not what this is, though. And uh, and but that's just not the premise of our podcast. So if you don't like it, it's all good. Um, Man, there was a lot of peas in that. The premise of our po- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what though? But we do. Uh, we are friends with several podcasts that um, yeah. do not debate. Yeah, like I would recommend Bob After Dark. Absolutely, Bob After Dark is great. Uh, e- PH612. Yes, our good friend David Vox Mullen. Absolutely. Those are yes. excellent and ones. That's a, and that's a short one, too. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we we can recommend you some if that's your liking, if you want people to, you know, if you want to listen to people that agree with you, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, I'm. you know what? Thank you, Joey. You gave us a different perspective on things. And I always take these one-star reviews because uh, we have a couple of them. But I always take them to heart, and I always try to evaluate our podcast based upon it. So thank you, Joey. Yes, thank you. All right. You ready for some listener mail? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So uh, make them make my way through. Uh, and please, please, please share yours. I'll, I'll tell you how when we're done here. Um, so this one is from Nicole. Okay, Nicole, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so hi, Ghostly Crew. So I'm listening to past episodes, and I tuned into 42 Sleep Paralysis, mm. which got me thinking about an oddity that happened to my mother and I while on vacation, as well as something my son told me, which I'm still on the fence about. Wow. Oh, that was the one with Amanda, right? Yes, Amanda was in the sleep paralysis episode. Yeah, yes, that was a good episode. It was. We still get mail about that one. Yeah, um, it's a it's a big mail driver. Um, okay, so years ago, my mother and I went on vacation to Rhode Island with my family. We also didn't tell each other what happened to us till after we got back. Hmm. I had decided to take a nap at some point during the stay, and what ended up waking me up was jarbled yelling in my ear. I remember waking up slightly panicked, but not afraid, more irritated because that was rude. Man, that that would be like the worst way to wake up, right? It would, it would be. I don't know what could have brought it on. Maybe the trip and exhaustion, but I've never experienced this again and have traveled since then. Have either of you ever experienced this? No. Uh, you know what? I feel like there are times where like there's some something that like seems loud talking that wakes me up but i it's to me it seems firmly in dreamland Hmm. you know what i mean like my brain is just imagining that okay that conversation out loud but i've never felt paranormal about it uh okay well i'm team believer i want to rule out the mundane first 
I've never experienced sleep paralysis and hope I never do because that's flippin' terrifies me. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I thought I might be in the clear because I don't sleep on my back. LOL. Now, a few months ago, my son came to my brother and I and told us that he is visited by what he calls his sleep paralysis demon, Ooh. after which he explained... Um, what he explained, oh, sorry, after which what he explained sounded less like sleep paralysis and more like something else and perhaps even imagination. My son was 12 at the time and said he would wake up to find a tall man in a suit, which screams Slender Man, right? Standing in his room. I asked him what his face looked like and he said his face was deformed, melted in a way. He told us the man would stand there looking over his books and figures and sometimes even pick a book and sit in his chair. Sometimes our cat Monty P would go over towards him. He's never uh, mentioned it before and hasn't since. So I wonder if he wasn't just spinning a yarn, which if he was, it was pretty good. I like that. Spinning a yarn. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some weird things happen in our home, but nothing too scary, mostly weird. I can't imagine going through that experience. It's rare for me to sleep through the night, and usually my dreams are what wake me up. I'll end my ramblings, but I just want to share these experiences. Thank you for all that you do and have a great day. Hashtag team leg cramps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a part of hashtag team leg cramps. I've, <laughs> I've had a few myself. Wow, that that was really good. Um, thank you so much, Nicole. We really appreciate you writing in. Yes, and thank you. How do they write in if they want to? Absolutely. So if you've got a story to share with us, uh, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or just use the contact form on ghostlypodcast.com. And if you go to ghostlypodcast.com, if you go to the bottom of the page, you'll see um, our, our, um, our email and you'll see actually our favorite way to get mail, which is snail mail. Mm. to our P.O. Box, number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Yeah, and feel free to use that email address for anything that you want to say, even if it's not just a ghost story. Yeah, Or, you know, you can always email us individually, pat at ghostlypodcast.com or Rebecca at ghostlypodcast.com. Like, if you didn't want, like, one of us. We should set up another one, lady at ghostlypodcast.com <laughs> and man nothing man we call it nothing man non-believer <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so um i guess it's time to do the polls but i would like to say before we do the polls that we did something really interesting this time and i didn't announce it on the show but we were doing like a little beta test of this and we loved it we did an overall rating for anyone that votes. They can say between one heart and 10 hearts. You can't do zero, but how haunted you think something is. Yeah. So instead of just saying yes or no, which you we still have that. Yeah. But then it's also a ranking. Yeah. So you could say, oddly enough, we had some people say yes, but then put like a four. Yeah. And we had some people that said no that put like a four. No, or put like a six. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was really weird. But anyways, very exciting. So we're excited to see how yes, these numbers turn yes. out. Yes, I am excited for once for the polls. <laughs> All right. So I'll read the, I'll do the yes, no part. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so our last episode, we talked about the Salem witch trials. Um, and uh, we had yes, uh, 72.4%. Uh, and no, 276 Wow. Not, not surprising to me. I mean, it's it's the Salem. Hmm. So, but how did our overwrite rating do? Our overall rating uh, was quite interesting. So remember, you could do one, 
meaning, through 10. Me, one meaning? Totally not. Absolutely, there's no way that it's haunted. Okay. 10 being, that is like the most haunted place in the world. And we got a 6.31. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, for the 72%, that makes it sound very haunted. Yeah. But 6.31, that's really only like just over yeah. halfway. I would haunted. say that, that like a five would be like, you know, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And even the six, I feel like we're still in the not sure, but more yeah. on the believer side of the not sure. But definitely, I mean, it gives you guys an, a way to do exactly what we do. We, we rate the evidence, and yeah. you can do that as well. Uh, so in today's episode, we will be talking about spirit photography. Oh, you know what? I forgot to say, if you want to go vote after listening to the episode, go to ghostlypodcast.com, click on polls. It's that easy. Yep. It, you don't have to register or anything like that for it. Uh, we just require your name. Um, you can give us a first name even. I don't I don't mind. Um, but it's just to make sure that, you know, we don't have the same vote twice. Absolutely. That would skew the results. Mm-hmm. All right. So in today's episode, we will be talking about spirit photography. Now, that's not when someone accidentally takes a picture and there's a ghostly figure in it, right? Correct. Uh, and it definitely has nothing to do with orbs. Well, I think some people would say that, but for the purposes of us and this episode, yes, not. That's not what we're debating. Um, so that might be a different episode. Maybe we should do an orbs episode. I think that sounds <laughs> boring, but... It sounds brutal to me. Uh, you know, let us know what you think. All right, so um, spirit photography is a special type of photography where they set out with the intention of capturing an image of a ghost or other spiritual entities. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I know you're a big fan. I am. Uh, he was a big supporter in this technique, even in cases where it was proven to be a hoax. <laughs> yeah, he definitely uh, He's really He's like, nope, I believe it. it. Yeah, yeah, he was a big spiritualist. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I think the, the definition, you know, so it could be a paranormal investigator going and looking for a spirit, but they're purposely taking a picture yeah. or you're going to tell us about some of the old school spirit photography and kind of what that looked like. I'm going to do my absolute best. Yeah, that'll be good. So do you have a ghost story this time? I do. And actually, I think this might be a nice introduction to the kind of old school. Okay. It's time for a spooky tale. I lost my dear Harold last month. He was working in the fields, fell over, and and was gone. Everyone says, well, at least he died doing what he loved, which is true, I guess. Our son Charles does most of the work now, but Harold always insisted on helping, especially during planting time. Charles and Anna tell me not to worry. They will take care of the farm and me. I know that I'm lucky. But I miss him. Harold and I lost our first son, Wallace, in the war. Thank God Charles was too young to go. That is the kind of loss you don't get over. And Harold was the only one who really understood that pain. He also made me laugh. He always knew the right joke 
the right wink and a smile to make my heartache a little less. Now I don't have that anymore. Anna is a wonderful daughter-in-law, though. She took me into the city a few weeks ago to sit for a photo. There's a new photographer called Mumler, and he claims that sometimes in his photos, spirits of those we love will appear in the photo with us. So I, I went with Anna and I sat with for him. I thought about my Harold the whole time. It was like I could feel him there with me. I told Anna about my feelings afterwards and she gave me a hug and, and told me she knew he was there with us. Today, Anna brought the photo home. I'm speechless. There is Harold standing right behind me, handsome as ever, with his arm right on my shoulder. I have sat with tears streaming down my face for the last hour, just staring at our last photo. Nothing will ever be so precious to me as this proof that Harold and I will be together again with each other and with Wallace. Wow. So where'd you get that story? My head. Your head? You made it up? Yep. You made up Harold and you made up Wallace? Yep. Wow. Charles too. Charles too? Wow. (laughs) That's very clever of you. Thank you. Uh, All right. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some pet facts. Pet facts. Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your T-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you and your ghostly gear. All right, it's time for some hashtag pet facts. Pet facts! (laughs) So the first type of photography was invented in 1839. The process was called daguerreotype. It was invented by a man named Louis Daguerre. During the 1840s and 1850s, it was widely used. Could you imagine going back to a time when there was no photography? No. Or that you had to like pay people lots of money in order to take a photo. 
Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Or, I mean, obviously before that, it was painting your picture, which obviously most people couldn't afford. Uh, Daguerreotype is a fairly complicated process that involves sheets of silver-plated copper. So needless to say, it was fairly pricey. By the 1860s, daguerreotype was almost completely superseded. But what's interesting and why I bring it up is that spirits were never captured using this method, which seems odd because if you look at it, if you look at any of those images and those photos using daguerreotype, it almost seems like it would be more likely for a ghost to be captured in it. Did you get a chance to look at any of those old photos? I mean, I have definitely seen those before. I mean, they definitely look creepy. And yeah. they, they, they look like, yeah, they should have stuff. But, you know, I mean, I don't know that with that method, maybe it was just not a thing that captured those, that essence. I don't know. Okay. Uh, spirit photography seems to have been started with an experiment where they had people stand in front of and behind a glass window. And then they'd use a very long exposure and not them, the camera. They would use the long exposure on the camera. They wouldn't expose themselves. Oh, okay. Good, good. Does that mean like it takes a long time to I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Okay, okay. And it would result in a sort of transparent image when people would leave the frame during the exposure. So when we're talking about long exposures, Rebecca, uh, it's kind of hard for people that aren't photographers to fully grasp this, this concept. Uh, I know it was for me, and you know I had to talk to some people and realize what it was. So with point-and-shoot cameras and now cell phones, there is no real way to change the exposure time. You might be able to find an app that can do it, but it's, it's not the same. Um, but with higher-end cameras, like DSLR cameras, you can adjust the exposure time to allow in more light. Sometimes this could be fractions of a second to get a more realistic-looking image, but the exposure time can be set to crazy amounts of time. In fact, there is a record held by a German artist named Michael Weasley that is four years and eight months. That's crazy. Yeah, so so what happens is, you know, when you press the button, it starts taking the picture, but it doesn't finish taking the picture until after the exposure time. So after that four years and eight months. So imagine... What could have happened during this time? People could have walked in and out of the frame, you know, lights turning on and off, and they're going to create different effects in the uh, picture. And even if we set an exposure of minutes or even a single minute, imagine all that could happen in that amount of time where our cameras take pictures very quickly. So there is no, um, you know, longer exposure then. So it's just... Kind of crazy when you think about this long exposure thing. Well, and I always remember hearing something about back when photography first started that you would have to sit for a really long time for a photo to be taken. Yeah, they probably um, had to use longer exposures or something. Yeah, it was just part of the process. It wasn't yeah. like they could do it in a click, click. <laughs> you yeah, know, and, like, and I mean, to be honest, the exposure time is not like instantaneous now. Mm-hmm. It does take a second, and we don't realize it because it's so fast. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. So uh, this experiment that they were trying captured what some have thought of to be images of spirits. But it wasn't until glass plate negatives were used in 1859 that they could uh, do what they call a double image. 
And that was possible that spirits began to regularly appear in fo- photographs. When they had this two-plate yeah, thing. Okay. Because they could do the double images and okay. made it possible for that. Uh, now, we've talked about the spiritualist movement that was going on in the U.S. and other places of the world during this time period. And, of course, people were really excited to use this method to have the dead show up in photos. Right. This is the oh, Civil War? Civil War time? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is, yeah. This is during and after the, the Civil War. Okay. Uh, one of the most famous of all the spirit photographers was a man that Rebecca mentioned by the name of William Mumler. We mentioned him in our Mary Todd episode, or, or at least we alluded to him. I don't know if we actually named him yeah, in that episode. I don't remember. Uh, he was the one that took the picture of Mary Todd Lincoln with her husband after he was assassinated. So I'm going to say this now. Uh, this, If you have not been to ghostlypodcast.com and looked at the show notes for an episode before, yeah, you will need to for this episode. Definitely. This we- <laughs> is going to rely a lot upon you seeing an image. Right. So I will absolutely make sure I include the Mary Todd Lincoln photo in our show okay, notes. Sure. So if people want to sure. go that's, take a look. That's one of the most famous. Of absolutely. Um, before Mumler became a spirit photographer, he worked as a uh, jewelry engraver in Boston. Mm. Uh, he practiced amateur photography in his spare time. And in the early 1860s, he took... Um, what was considered to be a self-portrait. And after developing the image, it appeared to have captured his cousin. And his cousin had been dead for 12 years. Whoa. And this went on to be thought of as the first real spirit photograph. Mumler then became a full-time spirit photographer, continuing to work in Boston, but eventually moving to New York City, where his work was analyzed by numerous photography experts, none of whom could find any evidence of fraud. Spirit photography was a lucrative business thanks to the enormous death tolls that resulted from the Civil War and the thousands of families who sought reassurance that their loved ones live on after death. Mumler's wife, Hannah Mumler, was also a famous healing medium and conducted her own spiritual business in addition to the business of assisting her husband. Uh, One of the biggest critics of Mumler's work was a man by the name of P.T. Barnum. You ever heard of him? That name sounds familiar. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you don't know anything about P.T. Barnum, you should definitely look him up. He was definitely a character. Uh, He claimed that Mumler was taking advantage of people whose judgment was clouded by grief. Now, here's the thing. I don't mind I don't mind so much if somebody was like here I took a picture of you and it happens to have a you know a loved one that you lost in it that is not what I mind I mind the taking the money part of that mm, interesting yeah um so mumler was accused of a lot of things uh some of the biggest Accusations were that he staged ghosts of people who were still, in fact, still living. <laughs> oh, oops. Yeah, and th- the other one is even crazier. And breaking into houses and stealing photos of deceased relatives to put into their photos. Wow. Uh, so according to Joan Nickel, Mumler was exposed as a fraud when people recognized that some of the supposed spirits were still among the living. 
Mumler was eventually brought to trial for fraud in April of 1869. Barnum testified against him, having hired Abraham Bogardus, which that's just an awesome name, Bogardus, to create a picture that appeared to show Barnum with the ghost of Abraham Lincoln to demonstrate the ease with which such photographs could be created. Mumler was ultimately acquitted because the prosecution could not prove beyond all doubt that he was fabricating the photographs, but following the trial, his career never fully recovered. Wow. So I wanted to just mention before we we move on, um, so the book that we, you know, we didn't get to read or we didn't, I didn't set up for reading uh, for this episode was a, a really interesting sounding book called The Strange Case of William Mumler, Spirit Photographer by Lewis Kaplan. Oh, nice. And I I did hear an interview with Lewis uh, Kaplan, which is why I had heard of the book and thought Mm -hmm. it would be interesting. Um, I still definitely plan on reading it. Uh, Excellent. uh, excellent book. It seems like it's got a lot of, of great information if you want to learn more about Mumler and the trial and all the things that happened. Yeah, there's a lot about Mumler. We could have maybe done an episode about Mumler alone. Yeah. Uh, a lot of images he took. Um, spirit photography started appearing in England in 1872 from uh, photographer Frederick Hudson Studios. He allegedly gimmicked his camera to hold a pre-exposed image that would move into place when he took his photo. Mm. Uh, In 1891, one of the most famous spirit photographs was taken by Sybil Corbett. Uh, She took a photo of the library at Cumbermere Abbey in Cheshire, England, in which appeared the faint outline of a man's head, collar, and right arm. The figure was believed to be the ghost of Lord Cumbermere, Uh, who had recently died and was being buried at the time the photo was taken. Because the exposure was one hour, it was believed by skeptics that someone, possibly a servant, had walked into the room and paused, causing the ghostly outline. I know you're going to use this as evidence. I was just going to say, we will talk a lot more about this coming up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One of the most famous um, photographers at the turn of the century was William Hope. In February 1922, Harry Price from the Society for Psychical Research, a magician named Seymour, Eric J. Dingwall, and William S. Marriott, uh, showed Hope to be a fraud. They devised a plan where they presented Hope with glass negatives that had secretly been marked with x-rays. The returned plate containing the spirit had no markings. Price wrote his findings in the Journal of the Society of Psychical Research. Despite this proof, prominent spiritualists such as Arthur Conan Doyle claimed the report was part of a conspiracy against Hope. Hope had continued success despite the evidence against him. Paranormal investigator Massimo Polidaro believes that the case of William Hope and his followers demonstrate how difficult it can be to convince true believers, even when there is strong evidence of fraud. I know how that feels. Hmm. Um, paranormal investigator Joe Nickel, which we mentioned before, yes, um, makes a distinction between spirit photography and ghost photography in his book, The Science of Ghost, searching for spirits of the dead, stating that the spirit photography began in studios and eventually included ghosts photographed in seance rooms. 
whereas ghost photographs were taken in place that were considered haunted. So Nichol states, uh, whereas spirit photos were invariably charlatans. 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 um, Inevitably charlatan productions. Ghost photos could either be faked or appear inadvertently, as by reflection, accidentally double exposure, or the like. So once portable cameras became available to amateurs towards the end of the 1880s, ghost photos became more frequent. In more modern times, cameras with built-in flashes produced what some believe to be ectoplasma, or orbs. Most ghost photos fall into one of two categories. They're either hazy, indistinct shapes that look human, or orbs that are usually white and round. Both can easily be purposely or accidentally created. Photograph anomalies have always been present in uh, photography, but in the 1990s, television shows such as Ghost Hunters claimed the abnormalities represented proof of the afterlife. In his book, Investigating Ghosts, The Scientific Search for Spirits, Ben Radford states that most evidence of ghosts in photographs or video are brief, ambiguous anomalies recorded with low-quality camera or good-quality cameras sabotaged by low-light conditions. Radford believed that with camera technology advancing, especially with smartphones, there should be clearer, sharper images of ghosts, but the photos remain low quality and vague. That is one thing I will I will say. Whenever we see, you know, ghost pictures and stuff like that, they usually are blurry. I feel like we're in the debate, but I don't get the debate <laughs> right now. So I don't, I don't know, but this is all in facts. I, this is okay. all this is all what I found. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> in 2016 a tourist by the name of Henry Yao took a picture of the staircase in the Stanley Hotel, which seemed to have captured a ghost. And I believe we talked about we that. We absolutely talked that about was this one famous your, photo. One of your pieces of evidence. It was. Um, about Stanley Hotel. So according to paranormal investigator Kenny Biddle, the ghost could have been created because the camera was in panorama mode, which takes several seconds and which can cause a double image from the longer exposure. Biddle believes that image represents the same person moving on the stairs. Ben Radford indicates that the way the woman on the stairs is dressed and the location add to the possibility that people will jump to the conclusion that the paranormal is at work. He states, she seems to be wearing a classic black or dark dress, as befits a fancy, well-known hotel. Had she been wearing a yellow blazer and carrying a large Target shopping bag, uh, speculations about her spectral origins would likely have been scuttled. Hmm. I can't remember if we actually talked about that particular photo or there was there was another one that I found. Uh, and again, the people claimed that there was not anything, you know, standing there when they were there. Yeah. But anyways, will that go listen to that episode? Absolutely. There you go. So nowadays, there's something even crazier that's happening. Yes. There's these smartphone applications that you can use to place images of a ghost, alien, or monsters into actual pictures. Uh, So we could actually put Bob as Mothman. Yeah, we should do that. Because he is. Yeah. 
Um, so they've been used for pranks or to try to fool people into thinking that they are real images of ghosts. The apps are customizable, allowing the user to place the ghost anywhere within a photo, rotate it, adjust its transparency, and erase parts of it. As of 2014, there were over 250 ghost-related applications for Android phones, one of the most popular being GhostCam, Spirit Photography. This app was used in a hoax that was used to generate publicity. The group named Ghost of New England Research Society began publishing hoaxed ghost photos as authentic, hoping to promote an episode of the Discovery Channel's Americans Hauntings that, that the group appeared in. Uh, the photo showed a ghostly figure in a restaurant. Um, Biddle spotted the forgery on Facebook and noticed that the ghost looked like a well-documented photo called the Madonna of Batcher's Grove, which we talked about in our Batcher's Grove episode. Absolutely, we did. Uh, taken by the Ghost Research Society in 1991. It is unclear if the Ghost of New England Research Society posted the photos knowing that they were hoaxes or if they were fooled by the restaurant owner who sent them the photos. We'd love to have them come on and talk <laughs> about that. So if you guys are out there, give us give us an email, info go. at ghostlypodcast.com. Uh, it was determined that the app was using the Madonna of Batcher's Grove without permission and was removed after this incident. Interesting. Uh, as of 2018, the appeal and novelty of the Ghost Cam apps have begun to wear off, although there are still people who will attempt to pass off the results of these apps as authentic. Pranksters will try to fool their friends or families, but sometimes the prank can go too far when their targets believe that the hoax is true. Others, such as owners of pubs, hotels, or ghost hunting tours, will try to profit from the photos by increasing their clientele or raising their prices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All these people, I mean, everybody from Mumbler and Hope to these apps and people using them, knowing, knowingly trying to trick people, make it very difficult. I mean, I guess I was going to talk about this in the debate, but I can, I can chat about it now, which is just that... Um, you know, I, I think there are very few spirit photographs that are real. Um, I do think they exist, but these frauds uh, make it uh, difficult to believe in any. Sure, I, I could see that, and you know, I'm. I, I mean, without without um, negating what you said. Uh, I would say that there's probably some people that accidentally have taken images where the exposure was turned up or there was some kind of malfunction in the camera that made the exposure longer that accidentally caught something like that and thought it was. Yeah, I did see some examples of that. So it yeah. definitely can happen. I mean, I'm not saying it's always on purpose that people do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything to add? No, I, you did an amazing job. Uh, you know, I mean, you can get as techie as you want in photography, so feel free to to look up that information. But I think um, I think you captured um, really that that spear photography craze um, and shows uh, and show us showed us how it has come into uh, our times now. And I mean, while doing research. I mean, I found all those things and I wasn't on a skeptic site. 
That's why I included it in the Pat Facts. <laughs> because this wasn't like a site that's notorious for, you know, having skeptical stuff in it. Sure. So anyways, uh, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, it'll be time for the debate. Hey, guys. What I've learned over the last couple years is the key to a really good podcast is two things. Getting plenty of Apple podcast reviews and lots of caffeine. You can help us with both of those. Head over to Apple Podcast, write us a review, and if you feel up to it, you could even buy us a cup of coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the Buy Us Coffee. You can sign up for a membership or a one-time donation to us. It would really be appreciated. back. Rebecca, it's time for a debate. All right. <laughs> so we are going to uh, get into some photos here. Again, as I mentioned earlier, if you have not visited ghostlypodcast.com, go to episodes, uh, or actually this will be right now, it'll be right on the first page of ghostlypodcast.com and open up our show notes for this episode. Uh, you're going to find a ton of photos and that will include the ones that we're going to be talking about right now, plus just some of the more famous ones. They are so interesting to look at. Uh, and it really will make a lot more sense <laughs> if you are looking at the Absolutely. photos. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So I uh, just want to mention again... I really do believe that most spirit photography, after doing all this research, I really do believe that a lot of it is fake. And uh -huh. you have to be careful, um, especially, you know, back in the day. I mean, we talk about those, um, you know, people that claim to, you know, have you come in and sit down and, and then they take your photo and, and your loved one will be right there. I mean, I just, I have not found evidence that that is true. Um, do I think that there are times when people are, you know, taking photographs, looking for spirits, and they do happen to capture something? I do think that. And that's some of the ones we're going to talk about today. But in general, uh, you know, I just, there are very few. So, you know, some of those old um, uh, people that were investigating spirit photographers back in the day, you know, they would look at hundreds and hundreds of photos, mm -hmm. and then they would say, most of them absolutely can be debunked, but there's always a few. All right. <laughs> that could be. Um, and I just had to mention just one other thing. Uh, when I was young, uh, my brother and I had our photo taken 
And I think I've mentioned this to you before, Pat, but there was one that they did where it was a picture of my brother, but then they they purposely superimpose or impose uh, uh, a picture of me like like looking away, but like by his head. That's creepy. It's super creepy and hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like and it's not, like it's like he's thinking of you. Yes, but mm-hmm. like not like and of course like <laughs> anyways. And I'm sure he didn't know this when the picture was taken. No, so he probably was. You know, probably just had that smile on his face. <laughs> right. And it was yeah. just really, really weird. Wow. It was just something they did in the olden days. <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners have mm. similar photos from Sears or Pennies or whatever it was. Okay. Uh, so let's, um, we're going to actually start with um, uh, some, uh, well, we're going to talk about older photos, I guess I also wanted to say. Uh, you know, there are contemporary ones, but I don't want to call out or debate somebody that's not here. So, we're going to go with historical. Okay, um, so we're because gonna, they're probably dead. It, that's what I'm thinking. They can't fight us. They Maybe can't, they're in their they own spirit of photography. I don't know. Hmm. Hopefully they won't come after us. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's start with someone that you talked about in his, your history, mm-hmm. which is Sybil Corbett's uh, 1891 photo mm-hmm. of the Combermere uh, Abbey Library in Cheshire, England. Um, it seems to depict the ghost of the late Lord Combermere sitting in his chair. Uh, have you... Have you been there? Uh, to the library? Yeah. No. Okay. Have you? No. Okay. Um, so around this time, this was a time of spear photography. So, uh, you know, 1891, certainly it wasn't like a new thing. Um, but she was just taking a photo of the library that day. <laughs> it like, you know, I don't, I, I guess it doesn't quite fall into our searching for ghosts. Um, but again, it's a famous one. It was published as a spirit, spirit, photog- spirit photography photo. Um, so he was sat in the chair in the foreground of the shot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this faint outline of a man's head, collar, and right arm. Uh, so again, people say that it is the Lord Cumbermere, and he had recently died, um, as you mentioned, and uh, was actually being buried at that time the photo was taken. Um, so again, you mentioned right? The exposure took an hour. Mm -hmm. So many skeptics believe that a servant kind of entered the room briefly and sat in the chair while the photo was being taken and then left. So they weren't there long enough to like be fully in the photo. Sure. Right. However, some of those investigators that you also talked about Mm -hmm. when they investigated, they found that most of the household staff was at the funeral at the time, mm. nor did any of them particularly look like Lord Cumbermere. Okay. So they could not disprove it. Sure. Um, so I'm looking at the photo right now. Mm-hmm. And um, what I can say is that the picture is overexposed. Okay. Um, and you could tell that by the lights. Um, but that I do not believe is the reasoning behind the um the spirit in the film. You can clearly see him in this one too. And most of the times, you know, I I have trouble with it, but you can clearly see him and it doesn't look like, you know, like some of them, which I, I saw one of your other ones that you're going to debate and it looks like they're wearing like a costume. Um, (laughs) This one does not, does not look like that at all. It looks like a person, a very angry man. Yeah. He's kind of clenching his fist a little bit. It looks like he's, it looks like that. I can't make it out totally. Um, but um, so what I could say is that this looks like 
what would be that double image. Mm. So what can happen, especially back in those days, um, you know, you load up the film into the camera. Not like today when you can just take these digital photos. And sometimes um, when you snap a picture, it can have like an overlay effect where it takes the one picture and puts it on top of the other one. So that's what it looks like to me. Um, I don't know. You guys can take a look at it in the show notes and let us know what you think. This one uh, is probably the most credible out of all of them. But with that, it had a one-hour exposure, and um, and it can clearly, you know, you can clearly see that by the lights on the right-hand side of the picture being way too overexposed where you could barely make out what's there. Uh, I just believe that this was, and it, it probably wasn't intentional. Although if it was him, it could, it could have been intentional. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence of whether or not they meant to do this or not. Mm. I mean, again, I, I know that it's been investigated and no one has ever found that, you know, this photographer had taken a photo of Lord Cumbermere and, and put it in there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it was yeah. his Abbey. So, but it might not actually be him. I mean, that's just what I'm imagining the man would look like. It could be somebody else entirely. Well, I don't at, know. At the time, I mean, the people were like, "Oh my gosh, this looks you, like him." But, but you see into these things what you want to see into them. Mm. Um, but this one is probably um, your best piece of evidence. Um, I just, I just have trouble with it because of the, because we know that it had a one hour exposure. Um, which I'm not saying was wrong at the time. I don't know enough about photography to know if the cameras have evolved that much where they needed that long of an exposure. Um, but yeah, it definitely looks like a person. Looks like a person wearing a collared shirt. Maybe not like a traditional collared shirt like we would have now, but like one that doesn't actually have the collar but has the button up to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So what would you uh rate this? I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a two. Wow. Uh just because I can pretty much um say that it is this, but I, I there's no way that I could know for sure because I, I don't have a physical copy of the picture. Um with digital photography you can load it into programs which will tell you the exact exposure time and will tell you all these things. This, I mean, 1891, yeah, they didn't really have computers back then. True, true. Uh, yeah, I, again, I think this is probably, again, it, mo- it is often considered one of the most um, believable. I don't know if that's the right word, I guess, but the credible, that's the right one I'm looking for. Um, so I'm going to give this one an eight. An eight. Okay, you went pretty high in I that. did, I okay. did, because again, I think... I think this is going to be the highest one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So our next one is called um, The Brown Lady. Oh, she's not wearing white. Not wearing white in this one. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, could, I could respect that. All right. So this was originally taken in 1936 by Captain Hubert C. Perovlin. Um, and it was actually published in a magazine, I believe, mm. um, a few months after it was taken. Um, it allegedly shows a ghost that haunts Rhineham Hall in Norfolk, England. Okay. All right. Oh, Country Life Magazine. That's who they were. Yeah. yeah. So they were there, Country Life Magazine. Um, they were standing at the bottom of a grand staircase in Rhineham Hall. Um, they, he had his assistant in, Inder... 
or in, Indre, excuse me, Indre Shira, Shira uh, who had been about to snap a photo of the main staircase when Shira suddenly saw, quote, a vapory form, gra- a vapory form gradually assuming the appearance of a woman heading down the stairs towards them. This sounds like, like poltergeist or <laughs> like any other movie like that. Uh, seconds later, a photo had been hastily captured. The image was published in Country Life and dubbed The Brown Lady. Some people believed it was the figure of Lady Dorothy Towns- Townsend, or sometimes she's called Lady Dorothy Wal- Walpole. She was Lady Dorothy Walpole, but then she uh, he died and she got remarried. Uh, but anyway, she uh, supposedly haunts the hall because of her mysterious death. Mm. Mm. So, okay. Okay. So supposedly, oh, I'm sorry. I have this backwards. She was married to Townsend and then she had. Of the who? No, no. Charles Townsend. Oh. And she had a, an affair with Lord Wharton. Whoa. This, I'm sorry. There are too many names here. She was mm-hmm. Lady Dorothy Walpole. Then she became Lady uh, Townsend, but she, then she had an affair with Lord Wharton. And then when Townsend found out about that, okay, this is where it gets crazy. He locks her up in Random Hall. Uh, and she stayed there until her death in 1726. I love how it's called Random Hall, too. It's yeah, right. Like, random Hall. Just we're going to lock you up in a random. <laughs> just random. Hall. All right. So here's why I picked this one as okay. a potential actual real spirit photo. Harry Price, you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. right, of the, um, I wrote Psychic Research Center, but I think you had the, the right name. <laughs> uh, but it was he investigated Mumler, he investigated Hope, both totally proven to be frauds. Price was of the opinion that this photo- photographic evidence was untampered. He said, I will say at once I was impressed. I was told a perfectly simple story. Mr. Um, Indira Shira w- saw the apparition descending the stairs at the precise moment when Captain Provolin's head was under the black cloth. A shout and the cap was off and the flashbulb fired with the results which we see now. I could not shake their story and I had no right to disbelieve them. Only collusion between the two men would account for such for uh, for the ghost if it is a fake. The negative is entirely innocent of any faking. Okay. Said Price. Um, so I'm looking at the photo here. This is the one you're talking about, right? Correct. Just want to make sure. Um, okay. So this one. What I will say about it is that the exposure looks to be a little long, but not like not like crazy long because you can see that there is a light. I don't know if it's a lamp or if it's coming in from a window on the bottom right-hand corner of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see that, and it doesn't look like it is too... Um, too messed up like the other one that you showed me where it was so bright. It was like you couldn't make out anything in that corner of the picture then. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I will say about this um, picture is that if you look at, you know, the ghost, I don't know why they say she's in brown. I don't see any brown. It's a black and white photo. So I I don't know. I guess maybe in the moment she was But it's not even like dark colored. It's like really light. (laughs) Uh, If you look up from her... slightly to the right, you'll see that there's a little smear there as well. Mm -hmm. So what this makes me believe is that this is some kind of smoke. And they used a flash for this one. 
So the flash hits the smoke and it illuminates that more. Um, so it's really concentrated in that one spot. But if you look up slightly to the right of the, of the image, um, you'll see that there is like, it looks like it continues a little bit. And that's what gives me the idea it's smoke. Okay. I think that's a really interesting idea. Possible. However, to me, that that light coming down from like the top or whatever it is um, doesn't connect super cleanly. No, it to doesn't. The figure. Like it doesn't really seem connected. Um, and there is like a face and hair. Yeah, I and think a cloak. that's. I don't know. Uh, that. I really think that we're trying to see something in that. Also, they weren't able to zoom in on stuff like that back in those <laughs> days, too, which I have to really zoom in in order to make that face out. I don't I think it's just us seeing into this photo what we want to see. Well, again, they, remember also their claim is that they saw this figure and they took a photo of it. It was a vapor that was taking a female form and they just quick took a picture um, so it was I, also them claiming to see it in person. I can't really speak to that. I mean, in my opinion, and this is only opinion because, I mean, these people are probably dead, <laughs> so I can't interview them about this, is that they saw the picture and then came up with the story behind mm. the picture. So what's your rating? I'm going to go zero on this one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is probably the... I don't know. Like if I had to rank all the evidence that you had, uh -huh. the first one was probably the most credible. And this one is tied for the last spot. Interesting. To me, this is definitely the second most credible for me. Okay. Um, so for me, I would give this one um, a seven. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. So our next one is, okay. So this is a a a uh, Sir Victor Goddard's RFA squadron is usually what this picture hmm. is called, but it's a ghost photo of someone named Freddie Jackson, supposedly. Okay. So it was taken in 1919, and it was published in 1975 by Sir Victor Goddard, um, retired RAF officer. Um, so he had other you know, photos and things in the book, but here's what he said about this particular photo. Quote, the squadron of which the photograph was taken had no future. It was to be disbanded and almost everyone then photographed was also in transition back to that less authoritarian life, which they called quote, civvy street. But one was otherwise when the group photo was put up on the notice board so that those who wanted copies could write their names below those who scanned the photograph identifying friends then saw or were prompted then to see the face of Freddie Jackson, air mechanic in the topmost row, capless and smiling, his face being partly hidden by another. His expression seemed to say, quote, my goodness me, I nearly failed to make it. They didn't wait or leave a place for me. The blighters. Sorry, I should have said that. I can't do a British accent. <laughs> my good. Okay. Hey there, you're right. My goodness me. I know I'm sounding, nope, I can't do it. I sound Southern. <laughs> All right. Sorry, everybody. All right. <laughs> but I like the you, blighters. You were like South England. South England. <laughs> I don't even know. All right. So continuing on with uh, 
with with uh with Goddard here. Uh, well, there he was, and no mistake, although a little fainter than the rest. Indeed, he looked as though he was not altogether there, not really with the group, for he alone was capless, smiling. All the rest were serious and set, and wearing service caps. Most had not long returned from church parade and marching in a military funeral, for Freddie Jackson had upon that very spot, the squadron tarmac three days before walked heedlessly into the whirling propeller of an aeroplane. He had been killed stone dead instantly. He evidently was still quite unaware of it. Oh, interesting. Uh, I like the story behind it. I don't, I'm just going to argue the picture itself. Um, So I can't see the actual, (coughs) the actual like picture because what they did was they, like off to the side, they um, they enlarged that one part of it. They put a circle around it and enlarged it, uh, which is nice because, you know, then you can see it better. But I can't see it in the actual photo. I've been trying to find that particular person and I can't find him. Um, but by looking at it, um, I can't argue that it's uh, this freedy guy. Uh, or Freddie, Freddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. I can't ar- argue that it's him. I don't know what Freddie Jackson looks like. So I I won't be able to argue that particular point. But what I would say is that this looks like a classic case of the overexposure thing where um, somebody moved and it caused this like image to, to come out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. This is definitely that. So, uh, and again, it's hard to see. It's it's when you when you're looking at the photo, it's four over from the the t- in the top row. There's a guy there, and I mean, they're well, they're all guys mostly. But anyways, you have to really zoom in, and you can kind of see. It's you know, it's such an old photo, and photo of a photo of a photo, and we're getting to it here. But you can you can kind of see. You know, there's like a little face behind it. That's why they have to zoom it out. But um, just like an outline there. Can you can you show me that in yours? Yes. In your phone? On my phone. Um, so it's next to that guy there. Can you kind of see there's an outline? I mean, you know, again, they had to zoom it in for you to really see what it really looks like. Zoom out a little bit. So there's like a guy oh, in a dark hat okay. and then two guys in a white hat. And he's like in between those two. Yeah, no, I can't see it when I zoom in. I mean, the... You can't really see it. I mean, you can just kind of... So the photo had to have been enhanced in order for them to show that face in particular because that face looks pretty clear, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not taken at the same exact time that the photo's taken. Mm. It was somebody moved, and I'm interested to see around that person. Yeah, I can't see anybody that looks just like him, Um, but... I, I wouldn't be surprised if we studied that more that we could find the person that looks exactly like that. So there's I there's some interesting information out there. It's definitely it's been one that's been studied a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they did because this was published in 75. Um, people did actually go and try to find people in the photo to yeah. say, hey, you were there. Yeah, Is yeah. this Freddie Jackson? All of that. Um, and 
they no like most of the most people just they were like yeah that's him and that's what happened but you know really it was 1919 so i in they were in their 80s and 90s at that point yeah. so i mean you know it's hard to know do they really remember what freddie jackson looked like so one person did do some research and he did find a freddie jackson that was killed days before this mm-hmm. picture was taken however I shouldn't say it wasn't killed. He died. Mm-hmm. But it was more he was in the hospital and something happened. Okay. I mean, he was. it wasn't um, the, the helicopter So that kind of discredits the story then. Uh, so Yeah. It's a yeah. little shakier. But as far as the actual photo goes, which is what I'm here to debate. Yes. I It definitely looks like an overexposure kind of, kind of situation. Whereas the double image kind of looks like a little bit more faint. Like think of the Mary Todd Abraham Lincoln picture mm-hmm. where Abraham Lincoln looks very faint off there. Um this does not have that quality. It has a very realistic looking quality in the in the circle thing that they show you, <laughs> which is not at all what's in the picture. It's uh it's definitely enhanced from that point, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean just you have to disclose that it's enhanced when you're doing something like that. Um but it's it's definitely like a figure, so and it's kind of a little blurryish. Yeah. Um, although the facial features very clearly can be seen in that one, which I appreciate that. It, yeah. But I think it has to do with enhancement of the photo and that it was a overexposure. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, it seems like it could be something, but it's really hard to see. So mm, not it's not as, as clear to me as some of the other other photos. And because it took a while for it to get published, it seems like there weren't a lot of memories or a lot of a lot of opportunity to uh, have looked into it at the time it was taken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what rating would you give this one? I'm going to give it a zero for this one okay. as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a it's a six. Okay. You know, it's so you, you've come down. You, I eight, have. seven, six. Yeah. I mean, like this one again, it's like. Is this a, the third most credible one that you think you have? Yes. Because, okay. like, to me, it's. They're, they're really. No one's been able to totally debunk it, no matter how much ev- evidence they try to look for. Um, but I also feel like, again, it wasn't investigated at the time it was taken. All right. Yeah. So the last one here. So this one is called the Tulip Staircase Ghost. Oh, you like tulips? I do like tulips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it Okay, so it depicts a cowled, so like a a cowl, like a thing you'd wear over your head, like a, almost yeah. like a sheet kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, that was photographed by a Canadian tourist, Reverend R.W. Hardy, who was visiting England in 1966. So we're getting a little more modern. This is about yeah. as modern as I get. Uh, it was taken at the Queen's at Queen's house in Greenwich, and it was intended to be um, solely of the Grand Tulip Staircase there. So what's interesting about the Tulip Staircase, it was the, supposedly it is the first non-supported spiral staircase or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, it's really, it's really pretty cool. It looks very odd, the... Actual staircase. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, like the, if you zoom in on the stairs itself, they don't look very level. Yeah, it's definitely the staircase itself yeah. is very famous. Yeah. Um, when the photo was developed, the figure was seen apparently climbing the stairs. The photo has been examined many times over the years, but had has supposedly withstood all allegations of fraud. Um, so they were visiting. Um, 
And uh, again, when they got home, they saw the shrouded figure. Um, Sometimes this is people will also say it seems like the figure is pursuing a second or even a a third figure on the stairs. Um, Both the Reverend and Mrs. Hardy were adamant that there was nobody on the stairs when they took their photo. Um, And basically, it was investigated not long after it was taken. And they really couldn't give any other explanation for what the photo shows um you know i mean just they never could solve it what why why there were these figures in the photo i will also say that the queen's house is known to be haunted uh and i think would make a great episode at some point all right (laughs) Um, so what do you think for this one do you can you describe i guess what, what what you see in this uh in this photo yeah, um, it's a staircase, and it it doesn't look like the person's like climbing the staircase. It looks like they are on the outside of the staircase, and they are reaching up in a very ghostly looking, <laughs> very method. ghostly way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so my issues with this photo, um, first of all, nice photo for back in those days. Um, it was a very low light situation when they took this picture. You can tell. They overexposed it again with the lights. You can you can clearly see that in the background that the lights just are a little bit too bright. You can't make out any part of the light, which is common for those days. Um, but uh, this person, it, this thing or whatever you want to call it, it looks really fake because it looks like the person's wearing like a ghost costume. It's like a white looking costume thing. <laughs> With like like a bag over their head again, like like I said in I forget which oh that was in our Queen Queen Mary episode, it looks even more like that than than in that episode when you did that one, and also it is blurrier than than the staircase, so it was not a focal point of the picture. Which I mean, if they accidentally snapped this, then. Uh, that would make sense. Um, but it is definitely blurry. And I don't believe that it has anything to do with paranormal. I believe it's actually a staged picture. Wow. What would you say about it? I think it's terrifying. I'm going to be honest. Now, I, to be honest, I've I've spent some time looking at this photo, but now like staring at it even more. Uh, it's really creepy. I mean, yeah, so but it's, it's too creepy. It's like this figure is like leaning. It on, looks like a white version of the Grim Reaper. It's not that clear. Like yeah. you're making it sound like because trust me, I found photos, those old <laughs> spirit photos where, yeah. especially like honestly, actually that ectoplasm. You mentioned that, and we mentioned that in our spirit when we talked about spiritualism before. Mm-hmm. Is that ectoplasm and like how they it, it comes out of people's mouths yeah. when they started doing photos? We did that in our seance episodes. That was at the seance when we talked about yeah. that. Um, they actually, you can see in the photos that it it's like cheesecloth or whatever it is. Mm. Um, anyways, I don't. To me, this figure looks very ghosty, ghost-like, ghostly. It's too ghostly looking. It's like you could make out all the details of the hand that's up on top of the railing and the hand that's below. It it just definitely looks staged. I mean, well, I mean, if that 
that second hand is like way up there. I don't even know. It, it looks, looks paranormal. It looks realistic. To me. It looks like yeah, they could they could do that. Hmm. I could see that. It makes sense in there. At first, when I first saw this photo, I didn't know what I was looking at, and I just saw that top hand. Um, and then until just now did I see the whole image, and it was like, no, that actually looks like a person in a costume. <laughs> Just, I mean, purposely not in the focal point and in like a dark corner of the picture. Mm. All right. Even though, even though, even though the light is right there, which it should not be the darkest part of the photo, but it is. I don't know why. I don't. You know, the spirits when they come in the photos. I don't know. I'm not sure. Definitely, this was taken with a flash as well. And now there's another thing that can happen too, especially with cameras where they have the um, the strap on them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're using a flash, it could bounce off of that strap. And depending upon what the material it is, it can look like a spiral or it can look like a ghost. I've seen some pictures that look pretty convincing, but it's just the camera strap with the flash hitting it just in the right light. You really do have to be careful um, with spirit photography and believing believing photos uh, because it is very easy for it to be something that it is not. Um, all right. So what would your rating be for this one? Uh, I'm going to give this one a zero as well. Um, I, it just to me, it's just it's just too perfectly planned out. Yeah. Uh, this one's another six for me. Okay. Again, you know, I I don't know. Like looking at it more, it is really creepy. Um, but I, ah, you know, I, it's just. But isn't it too creepy? Though? I mean, it, you know, it could be. So yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm leaving it as like a. Eh, like that sure. first one. I mean, even though he looked angry, it didn't look like it was like a planned thing. Right. Like I don't think it was purposely done. This looks like it was purposely done. I'm not sure, but maybe. Yeah. All right, so what was what would be your overall rating for spirit photography? Remember the question. That yeah, um, so the, yeah, the question is, does spirit photography capture images of the departed? Um, I'm gonna. My overall rating is a is a is a six. Is a six? Okay. Yeah. How about for you? Uh, I'm gonna go one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to believe, I want to believe so badly that this could be something that could happen. Uh, it just, to me, I, I just, I would rather believe that a camera malfunctioned or that there is some kind of scientific reason for it. The reasons that I gave sound a lot more plausible than a ghost being in the picture. I think it's very difficult to prove this because most of the time it's not real yeah and so you have to really look for for photos that are real and i i also you know i didn't we didn't go you mentioned the apps i didn't go super into this and i didn't (laughs) want to pull up any of these for evidence but you know there are a lot of photos on the internet where it'll be like oh look at this like you know group of of young people and in the in the corner or, or you know between the arms of these two there's a creepy face yeah you know that they they didn't know and and it could be real but this uh, is it could easily be one of those apps but this is why i don't trust <laughs> pictures like that like when you show me pictures i don't trust it because 
it's one moment in time that this picture is taken, and you don't know the circumstances around that one moment in time. Um, Mondo actually showed me one once that looked really convincing, but again, I don't know what was transpiring. I don't know if it was reflection. I don't, I don't know what it is. And as ridiculous as that seems, if I cannot 100% say, yes, this is that, it's, I'm always going to question it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, maybe we'll have to uh, do a video episode and we'll see if we can convince you with that. All right. So this brings us to our closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep Rebecca honest. Hey. (laughs) Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. All right. And go. So I gave this one a six because do I believe that there have been times that spirits, spiritual energy have been caught by cameras, I do. I really do. Um, I, I I think that um, that it has happened, but I don't believe that the money making <laughs> spirit photography of on command. You come in, you sit down, we take your photo, and your dead relative, whoever, it just happens to appear right next to you. That was. That was not a thing. I think that was disproven um, by a lot of different people. And I just think that spirits, we know, right? If you've done any paranormal investigation, spirits do not just show up on command, (laughs) at least not most of the time. Uh, So to me, I think real spiritual photography evidence is rare, um, but it can happen. All right. You went right to the second there. I did. I did. Are you ready? I am ready. Yes. Okay. And go. I can definitely see a desire for why you would want to have a loved one come up in a picture. When my father passed away, I would have given anything for something like that. Just one sign that, you know, he was still around or something like that. But I I mean... All of these have explanations. Whether or not you believe the explanation or not, you have to ask yourself, is the explanation easier to believe than the idea of ghost existing that goes against all of physics? I mean, the the idea of these pictures and the long exposure, you know, like with the, with the first one that Rebecca said about um, the captain in the chair, it was proven already. That was a hoax. It was a long exposure, one hour. A lot of stuff can happen in one hour, and that's what it did. And the same is true for all of these. That's it. Okay, you made it to the end. I did, yeah. All right. All right, so I want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family, as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe or follow button and smash that like button on YouTube. Uh, if you don't already subscribe, this is your time. I mean, you listen to the whole episode. You might as well, right? Right. Uh, so we will be talking about, oh, I'm so excited about this. We're going to be talking about the Sausage King murder on the next episode that comes out on July 21st. Very exciting. Remember to listen to our Whole House episode. I believe that's where we... No, our Joliet Prison episode. Joliet Prison episode is when we first learned about the Sausage King murder. Yeah. And uh, we, we learned about that as we were talking. You know, it yeah. was like... That was that was pretty cool. Super interesting and very... Lot, lot, lots, of, uh, lots of haunting happening there. 
Um, so very excited. And, you know, pretty soon we're going to be publishing our future schedule. And you know who gets to learn the future schedule early? Who? Subscribers to our Buy Me a Coffee. Oh, members. Members, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Members they to Buy do. Me a Coffee. They get early access so they know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So and if you yeah, don't want to have to wait every time. We need to update time, that because we only have a couple episodes planned out still. Yeah, so. but we're it, it's coming. We're gonna be we're gonna be publishing that. So yeah. very exciting. Um. So yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about the Sausage King murder. And maybe we could even get Mondo on. Fingers crossed. Until then, stay ghostly. Bye.